And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Bill Tortorella, who during his near-death experience went to heaven, and today we're going to learn about it. Bill, thank you for being my guest, and welcome. Thank you, Jeff. It's nice to be here with you. Bill, if you don't mind, let's just start on the day that it happened and go from there. Okay. What happened, I was out in Tucson, Arizona doing a trade show, and a terrible virus broke out. People were getting deathly ill. Into about the the third day had passed, I, I fell ill that day. And I was so bad, my throat was so swollen up, would barely be able to breathe. Had high fevers. I've already heard that some people had passed from this virus. And it was scary, so I went to the hospital. Well, I got to the hospital, it was overwhelmed. Um, there was no room for me. They had people out the door. This happened to be one of the biggest shows of the year for Gem and Minerals, and uh, people from all over the world came. So the whole city was a show. And basically, they send us to a... They send us to different medical clinics that could take care of us. And the one I was sent to, they set me up with a IV antibiotics they gave me. They gave me oxygen, of course, to bring my oxygen levels up because it was getting hard to breathe at the time. And then they gave me an inhaler hours later before I left. It took quite a while to get the oxygen levels normal. <clears throat> later on, they sent us out. And I went home. They gave me a bottle of antibiotics, an inhaler, and some cough medicine. They told me, you know, your levels are real bad in the morning. If you feel the same way, go right to the hospital. And that evening turned into a night of light and love. I didn't know at the time I also had a severe case of sleep apnea. And I had woke up a couple times in my life with actually choking, but I didn't realize, I didn't know anything at that time. It was 1994. I had no idea about near-death experiences. I had no near, I had no idea about, you know, I didn't know what sleep apnea was, to be honest with you. You know, that, that was in the early stages of them finding out those diseases. I remember going back to my whole hotel room and all I could do is lay there. I was I was racked in actual pain and fever was quite high. I fell off. I remember, Jeff, I remember exactly how I left my body. I have a very vivid picture that I could see like it was yesterday. I remember leaving my body through my eyes in a beautiful fluorescent glowing green mist. It was like the color of life, but magnified. To me, it felt like it was magnified hundreds of times. And then I remember hovering. I'm hovering over my body now. And I'm thinking, I'm free. I feel different. I feel wonderful. But I'm looking down at this body now. At this time, I'm getting a little, I'm not realizing it was even me. 
but I'm looking at a body that's cumbersome and pain racked up, not moving. I think the reason for that later in the near-death experience, I'll explain why. I think uh, the spirit waits around the body to make sure the body's lifeless before it turns. Then this magnificent gateway open. And Jeff, I was just drawn into this beautiful gateway tunnel of light that was magnificent. I was drawn, I'm in the tunnel now and I start to move. And now I'm moving faster and faster. And it felt to me, to me, it felt like it was the speed of light. That's how fast I was going. Don't forget, I'm light now. I'm part of the light. The more I travel faster and faster, the more love I feel inside. The love was unbelievable. It was, <laughs> it's, it's hard to explain this kind of love because I've never felt it on earth. And it got deeper and deeper, and I'm traveling faster and faster. And these beautiful colors are whizzing by me and through me. And I remember my arrival, what I will call heaven, because it was heaven to me. And I said, I'm home. I'm finally home. I knew I was there before, and I was back. And I repeated that over and over several times. It was then I heard a soft voice. Say, yes, Bill, you're home. You're home in the light of God. Well, she said, our Lord. And I was ecstatic because family members, friends were there also welcoming me. And at this point, she introduced herself. She said, this was one of my guardians. My name is Antonia. I am one of your guardians, and I travel with you home, back. I was moving so fast when it happened through the, through the gateway, the tunnel. I didn't know anyone was with me. And she says, yes, I was, I'm the person that takes you in and takes you out. So and this was amazing at this point. And then at this point, I'm actually having, everything was telepathic. Everything was telepathic with family members, friends. But I remember her introducing to me, she introduced my second guardian. And my second guardian's voice was my older brother that passed away when I was 14. And he said, Billy, and everybody called me Bill. He was the only one that called me Billy. As soon as he said that, I, I knew it. I felt it inside. And at this stage, we're all beams of beautiful light. The, the, the colors are, are so magnificent. The love, it's so unbelievably wonderful. It was the most wonderful experience, well, for sure, that I've ever had, but I think anybody would have ever had. And then Peter, I'll call him Peter, because I believe he was my brother. <laughs> Peter said to me, oh, it's time for your life review. At this point, we, we moved into, it was just like automatic, moving into another area. 
And then all of a sudden, we're back in form, in human form, standing in form, and a sequence starts, a pattern. He's showing me things, but he's part of it with me at the time. He's showing me things that happen. I used to be a paramedic. He's showing me things when he was basically there with me while I was taking care of a lady where I had had she crashed and her head went through the windshield and he helped me save her this was this at this point was amazing this is when i realized i'm back in my own body i know who i am he's showing me all the good i've done in my life and it, it was almost like almost like a movie, I would say, flickering scenes where I would move from one scene to another. Good things at first, good things at first. From when I was a little child, he showed me things. And then that stopped. And then the things I did that wasn't so good in life. When I left my first wife, the pain I caused, my little child. I felt that pain. But Jeff, you don't only feel it, you become the pain. Anything that I ever did that was bad, I would say, compounded and compounded. One led into another. Not that I was a bad person, because thank good the good outweighed the bad. I was very fortunate on that end because I screamed at one point. I remember screaming, I can't take it anymore. And then at that's when it that's when it stopped. And I heard a third voice, the good outweighs the bad. And that's when I was introduced to three guardians while I was there. And they took me on this wonderful ride, magnificent ride through heaven. My third guardian and Peter took me to a place called the Hall of Events. And this was utterly unbelievable. They showed me things from the past, things from wars before I was born. They showed me things from my present. They showed me my future, Jeff. They showed me my future, and it was almost like a flickering screen. You know how they almost like a, a computer flickering, at, like you feel like it's moving at the speed? Well, it is. It's moving at speeds that are so fast you can't keep up with it. And every, every, every time it would stop at a point, and that I'd be in a scene of something happen. I'm going to let the readers read those scenes. Because the one included 9-11, one included Baghdad after that, and there's many more. But it, it was quite incredible. Uh, the beauty was a after that, I call it the, the whole of events. It was like a big, to me, it felt like a gigantic auditorium but i was part of and they were part of the physical so we were physically there but we couldn't feel any debris 
things were happening all around me in 9-11, a building falling. But Peter grabbed me and said, Bill, you don't have to worry. This is your future. I said, I have people in that building. My friends are in that building. He said, Bill, this is your future. Now, I remember this. It's so, that part was emotional to me. It was, um, it was strong because I did have friends working in that building. And <clears throat> that one more part now. They took me to this final level of knowledge and wisdom. And I was around several wonderful, magnificent spirits, angels. I call them angels because they had so much wisdom and knowledge. And they were gifting this knowledge and wisdom to me. That's where in my book, it's called, that part is the nine principles of enlightenment. Now, I'm going to tell you why this number nine is so important. One of the spirits came right into me and he explained a number sequence. I saw numbers floating down. It looked like waterfalls of crystals. It was magnificent. Different numbers like the three, the sixes, the nines. These are the numbers that I remember because they lit, they lit, they lit. Um, not only numbers, it was symbols. And I couldn't understand all that, but they explained to me. This one spirit explained to me, which I was never formally introduced to. He explained to me, the three is your life path number. I said, life path, I don't understand what life path means. And, and he said the six was important because he reminded me of, I had these numbers come in front of me my whole life, a number 66. He says, well, that's, these numbers are your alert system. And I says, the nine, he asked me the question, what numbers were stuck in your mind? I could think of those three and those three only because they were brighter than all the other ones. And he said, the nine is the most important number in the universe. At that time, you know, things were going a little above my head. So, but I was taking it in. I wanted more. I wanted more and more. And I was getting knowledge from other ones that were there at the time. That's where the principles came in. Principles of intuition, of choices, of service. All these things we're supposed to know and be doing. And then a beautiful spirit approaches me. A sweet, glowing light. And said, basically, you have to return. I said, I, I don't, I'm home. I don't want, please, please don't send me back. I begged to stay. I begged to stay. She said to me, I have the knowledge of these nine principles that were extremely important. It's important that you pass them on. I begged again at that point. She said, dad, you have to return. I didn't have a daughter. I had a son and I had one in my wife, Kristen's belly at the time while I was at the show, my boy, Billy, 
and my oldest son, Joey, before him from my first wife. But I didn't have a daughter. She said, I am six of six. I will never forget this. I didn't understand what that meant. And the next thing I know, I was brought back through this vortex being sucked back. Not as, not as delightful as going. So next thing I know, I, I was back in my body and the only thing I could move was my head and my throat. I got air in my body. I remember going <gasps> like that. I remember this exactly how it happened, but then I couldn't move. I was just laying there, laying there. I thought I was paralyzed. There was no feeling in my body, but I'm in it. And then the feeling started. I felt my legs, my arms tingling, tingle. And then I got being able to move a little bit. I reached over. I remember reaching over and picking up the phone and say, get me to the hospital. I don't know if you remember if I dialed zero or 911. I don't know. But I remember. Now, this is a little very important part. My, my daughter's birthday was June the 6th of 2000, the sixth month on the sixth day. And this was one of the most beautiful events of my life. But these principles, I held the principles back. The levels of ascension, that's part of the thing that I showed you up front. That was the, the levels of ascension is leaving the body detachment, looking down upon the body, entering the gateway, moving at the speed of light, recognizing that the spirit's home, you know, and uh, <laughs> life review, all of events, and the last. Uh, but Jeff, the, the amazing. Bill, thank you for sharing your experience with us. Can you describe for us what the tunnel looked like? Well, while I was hovering, I remember I was telling you I was hovering over the body on the bed, looking down upon it. And that felt like quite a little while, maybe a couple of minutes in that area. I, I believe what, what I was told on the other side is that you, by the spirit waits for the body to make sure it has lifeless. The body itself is lifeless. And the tunnel, what happened was all of a sudden, everything got bright around me this way. I... I didn't remember turning. Now, don't forget, I'm in this beautiful fluorescent, beautiful glowing mist. And I turned, I remember turning and seeing this beautiful gateway open. I was drawn instantly into it, instantly. And as I went into it, I've already started moving at that point. I was already feeling the love from the other side at that point. It felt like I was, at that point, it felt like I was part of the light and the love. Mm. The love was within me, and I was within the light. And I believe we are all part of this light and love on the other side. 
at first when you saw your body, you kind of didn't recognize it was your own. You just thought it was some body down there. Right. At what point did you realize that you were outside of your body and perhaps you were dead? What happened was when I first left my body, the first minute I left my body, I knew it was me. But as I was hovering, I was feeling something I never felt before. And it's not hard to explain. I was feeling wonderful. This and lightless, like weightless. And at the point, at that point, I've already even started feeling the love. It it felt it felt wonderful. I felt free. That's the only way I could explain that part. I felt free as I was hovering. I'm completely detached now. I'm looking down at this body completely detached. When I'm in the tunnel, once within the light, oh my gosh. It was consuming. The light consumed me. And I myself felt like I was part of that light. And as I was, as we moved, I explained that part already. What I'm trying to ask is, at what point did you ever think to yourself, oh, I must be dead? To be perfectly exact on that is in the life review. Mm. Review. Oh, okay. So my life review. When they brought me back to my body, that's when I knew and remembered everything on that time. So when I was, even when I arrived and I said, I'm home, all I knew it, all I knew at that point is that I was home and I was joyous and I was one with that side. I was there. I belong there. And I know I'll be going back there someday. So it was the life review. And they actually entered, I entered into my life review very, uh, pretty soon after the, I call it the welcoming board. <laughs> that part was wonderful. During watching your life review, did it help you reevaluate past life events and then you came to new conclusions of what actually happened? Help me reevaluate is not the word for it. That's a wonderful question because I did, you know, stupid teenager things, you know, growing up and, you know, I was a, a not a upper belt in karate and my friends used to, you know, fool around with me and all come at me at one time. And one time I hurt one by accident and I felt bad at the time, but this time, I felt his pain, not only his physical pain, his emotional pain. And, you know, to feel that side of it, you don't, you don't realize what that is until you feel the other side of it. Uh, there's two sides to every story, they say, but there's two sides of that, too. So that, that was so important to me. And it changed part of my life that did. The reason why, because I believe at that moment, after that, I mean, when I was back, of course, I believe I started becoming a better person. Not, again, not that I was any, I was a businessman. I just, I didn't feel like I was any 
bad person at all. I never really hurt anybody intentionally or anything like that, you know, or wanted to do anything like that. I always thought I was a, a loving person growing up. I always, you know, I, I, I try to do things for my friends all the time. I was fortunate in life growing up. I told you my my mom owned a bar and grill across the street from Ebbets Field where the Dodgers played. Uh, my dad was president of the Teamsters Union in New York City. And he was president of uh, Local 804, which was United Parcel. <laughs> he Actually, in the late 30s, he brought them into United Parcel. But I used to do little things growing up. And they showed me this in my life for you. My, my friends around the, where we lived, they didn't all have money. So I would take them all. Mom, of course, paid. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would take them all to the movies, you know, things like that. I tried not to be, I was definitely not a selfish person growing up. When you saw your family members and your guides, did they look kind of like translucent human looking or did everybody just kind of look like misty beings of light or just beings of light no there's no, nothing the misty it was it was magnificent beams of light these lights were when i at one stage after i left my the hall of event part the second part i looked down upon myself i turned from this light flowing green mist to this beautiful point and beautiful beam i was a beam of this brilliant light that i can't explain to you that part here because like i said the magnification remember i said on the, the magnification of this the color of my my spirit was that that color of life itself and it was it was if to me it was magnificent i mean there was nothing any prettier on the other side than than the way the spirits looked the 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 important thing i think about that is when i was in the human form during the hall of events and during the life review and i was back in my own body where i didn't want to be because i remembered the the heaven side now at this point i didn't want to be back in this body at one time i remember saying why am i back here you know <laughs> and they that's part of your that that life review i told you about that's part of it do you recall if the hall of events looked something like romanesque or greek like with big columns and marble walls and floors or not remember what i said earlier about the, um, the, you know, a lot of people you hear um, diamonds and, and things like that and gold. It's because we have no other way of explaining it. That's the way we would explain it here on this side. And I believe that's, I don't know. I, I know there's literally thousands of people that had near-death experiences. And for goodness sake, they have very, there's, a lot of them are very, very, very close, you know? In, in in what happens. But I don't remember seeing things like marble, but I remember seeing things like crystal. Hmm. 
beautiful buildings of crystal. What about the architecture? What did it look something Greek or Roman with columns? I remember seeing <laughs> buildings with spirits going in and out of them, like they were like spirits have a job to do on the other side. I don't know what they are, but they looked to me like they were quite busy. And the buildings themselves had a beautiful architecture to them. I can't define them as Roman or Greek, but um, you could say they were highly advanced. Okay. They were magnificent, uh, the, 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 the structures. That's what it felt like on the other side. You know, we always go back to, like, I believe in Jesus, but we always go back to that time that we're in because that's where, you know, the story starts. But the, the whole thing about it, on the other side, it was so advanced. It, 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 God has created the universe itself, created the planets. You know, when he hovered over the earth and said, let there be light, and there was light, that's what started the earth. There's a story in that book about the earth, too. The earth is very important, extremely important. I I don't want to let that cat out of the bag. I would like people to read that. Mm-hmm. But the earth, my goodness. If you ever read the book, you'll know what I'm talking about. So you call the place the Hall of Events. And That's you, the way to that. They just brought me there. Right. And some people use the term Akashic Records. Does that, if, you, if you've heard that term, would you say it's synonymous with Hall of Events? It could be. The Akashic Records might be. Okay. It, it's except when, when I was in the Hall of Events, they would, I would go from one sequence to another. It was like a giant theater. Mm-hmm. I explain it like that, like a magnificent theater. And all of a sudden you're in the theater and then zoom, you're, brought, you're, you're transported somewhere. And then you're there. When I remember I said I felt like I was in Baghdad after the bombings in 2002 or whatever. But I remember trying to run. I thought I was going to get blown up. And I made Peter grab my my beam of light on my arm at the time. But it was me. And he grabbed me and said, you don't have to run. You're not here yet. And then I realized, I, again, I, I, I turned. I didn't feel anything. But it was all around us. We were right there seeing it and that's that was quite amazing there's things that happened that are extremely interesting after that on the day of 9-11 when it was happening were were thoughts going through your mind like oh my gosh i saw this at the hall of events and it's real well i'm gonna tell you one thing that happened there I was at the Hall of Events, and I knew we we were scheduled to go, I mean, in real life. And um, we were scheduled to go to New York City that morning. 
and something was holding me back, the strong intuition. And I said, this was before we put on the, the TV, knew anything happened. I said, I don't feel like this is a good time to go. I think something's wrong. And later on, my mother-in-law called us down because we were visiting her up in Pennsylvania. Because I was going to the city to do a buying. I was buying something down in the, uh, they have a district where they, uh, you know, they sell merchandise in this district and, and jewelry down there in the city. And well, it's a good thing we wound up lo looking at the news. My mother-in-law brought us down and I knew what happened. I knew it already. But on the other side, let's go to the other side again for that minute. All right. All right. So I'm in the Hall of Events. We're at 9-11. From 9-11, they transport me to my mother-in-law's living room. I'm in the living room with my wife, myself, and my mother-in-law watching the TV. That's what I saw from the other side. And I'm yelling, another plane is coming. I'll never forget that part. I'm trying to get through. And Peter said, you can't. They can't hear you. And that was um, that was quite amazing, that feeling. Um, we didn't go. Of course we didn't go. Right. That day. Is there any future events that you saw in the Hall of Events that have not happened yet? And if so, can you give us give us one without you know giving away your whole book there's future events yes i explain it in the book but we have one of the principles i already gave one but i'll give another one one of the principles is the power of choice we as human beings have this power. This power is given to us by God. And God gives us the right to take control over this power. So we have the right to change because we don't want to ever turn up into a scenario like we're living in the Mad Max days. We don't want that. We don't want our earth, our beautiful earth to come to that where we breathe the air that comes from her nostrils. You know, we drink the water that's of her, her veins. We don't want that to happen. So I hope I could help. And that's why I read, wrote this book. It, it's been years in the making. I mean, I did, you know, a few write, different writings of it before I came up with the final verse. I mean, the final book. You mentioned three guides. Please tell us who the third guide is. The third guide was a wonderful, that was my, okay. Peter was the one that's called on that came to help. Whenever we call on God to help us, we have, we have spiritual, loving spirits around us all through our life. Peter was there in any circumstance when I asked for God's help. Peter was there with me all the time. I didn't know it, you know. But my third guide was a magnificent being. And they, his name, 
I have in the book O-R-O-N. Like pronounced like Oren. And I couldn't really understand that. It didn't seem like a normal name to me. Yeah, Antonia did. Peter did. But Oren, Oren, I didn't, un, it, that's how I explain it as Oren. So I just say Oren or Oron. Did Antonia or Oron appear or feel familiar, like perhaps you knew them in another life? Well, then, now we're getting into the book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, yeah. Antonia told me that she was my past, my father's grandmother in a past life. And um, evidently, when you reach the the level, I guess, of being able to be a spirit, a guide, an angel, I call them angels, some people call them spirit guides. You know, it's, they're, 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 they're so close to me. Oron was a man of great wisdom, and I believe the oldest what I'm talking old, I believe was over 1,500 of our years old. That's, I mean, what I was told by Peter. And his wisdom just enlightened me. So it was beautiful. If I explain it to you, Oron is the little one speaking in your ear, your intuition. And that's who Oron was for me my third guide. You have to listen to that intuition, Jeff. The most, one of the most important things in all our lives is to pay close attention to our intuitions, especially if they're telling you over and over again. You know, I mean, that's, that's important. What's amazing is on Thursday, I posted a podcast with a guy about his near-death experience. I believe he got downloads about three, six, and nine. So what? Then, three, six, and nine, just like you're talking about. He learned about three, six, and nine during his near-death experience. I just posted this video two or three days ago. And then yesterday I posted a video about coincidences. And today, here it is, a coincidence that you also learned about three, six, and nine. Oh, my gosh. I have the, the three. I, I found out because I did try to do some investigating on the three I find out is, I don't know if it's uh, astrological things or well, they have... They have something out there called a number of life paths, numbers. And when I put my birthday in, mm -hmm. it comes out three. Mm. And that, 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 that was amazing. I had the chills. And that just happened recently because I had no idea that you could even go into that stuff. I didn't know what it you know, meant or anything like that. But I found out that that three was... All these numbers are attached to something they told me up there. Numbers are so important in the universe. They're of a great importance. I guess, I don't know, maybe that's how things run. Mm -hmm. But uh, evidently, we're connected to these numbers. 
my alert system, I knew that. I had that my whole life. My whole life is something bad might was could possibly happen to me. I would see, I would witness 66. I would see it. I'd open my eyes and look up and all of a sudden I'd see 66 on a sign. Or I'd look down at a, uh, are you there? Oh yeah, yeah. okay. I look down, you know, at a, a clock and it says six past six. And, you know, it's just crazy how it coincidentally comes up over and over and over again. And then something happens, whether good or bad. It was just basically, well, what, how they explain it to me is that that was my alert system. And I felt pretty good after hearing that because that I, that number I was used to. I knew I had those numbers in my life before I died that night. Then when I came back, after I visited my doctor and he tested me, he said, Bill, when did you have your heart attack? I said, what heart attack? He knew me for 20 years when I was a paramedic before that. He knew me when I was in my early 20s. He says, I know you didn't have any heart attack. I've been your doctor. He says, well, your EKG sure shows it did. I said, oh, my gosh. And he took me in his office and he explained to me something. This was way back then. He explained to me after I told him the story that was tearing me apart inside. Because I didn't talk to anybody about this. I was afraid. I didn't know how to even bring it up in front of people. In fear that they might think something was you know, wrong with me. He said, Bill. I said, I first asked him after an examination I went to, I went to the examination. I really didn't need it. And I said, I needed one. And I said, can I talk to you? He brings me to his office and I just let loose on him and told him everything. He said, this is the one thing he said to me. I want you to just relax. <clears throat> There's nothing wrong. He says, I think you had what's called a near death experience you're telling me the same story that three of his patients told him in the past you know people that died on the way to the hospital or people that died in their house or on an operating table for goodness sake one of his patients i think was on an operating table and he was above the light looking down upon the surgeons and he came back and told the surgeons and everything what they put in his body, what the surgeons were doing, how many cc's of this they gave him, how much of that they gave him. He even read the label on back of the lamp. So if anybody don't believe in this stuff by now, there's got to be something wrong with them. Because with all this evidence out there, I mean, it's massive. People should know a lot more than this. This should be a daily something that's taught. There's another side. And it's important we live up to their expectations mm -hmm. of that. So, You said that after your NDE, you became a better person. In what other ways did you change? Well, let's just start with this one. Loving, service, more attentive. I learned small things like service was probably one of the most wonderful things that God wants us to give. That's our gifts to humanity. So during my 
time as a paramedic back in those days, I've, I've, I've done a lot of things. You know, I've seen a lot. But for goodness sake, I try to save everybody's life I could possibly save and give it my all. And my, my partners used to tell me, Bill, you're taking, you're taking your work home with you, you know, because after some years went by, I had something like, nowadays they have a word for it, PD, PTSD. You know, it just gets to you after a while seeing all that every single day over and over because you only get to see the bad part as the paramedic. You don't get to see the outcome in most cases. You know, you pick them up, you patch them up, you hope you did your job right, and you're done. But I got a few stories in that book that are quite interesting about that. I had some miracles happen. Let me put it that way to you. That's why it's so important, Jeff, if there's readers out there that want to read this book, it's so important that they read the first part of the book and don't skip to the near-death experience because it's all interlinked. We are always being taken care of. I'm not going to say we're always being watched, but we're always they're always there when we need them from that side. Do you fear death at all? Not, I mean, death, not at all. <clears throat> Pain of death, I don't want that. <laughs> But listen, after this happens to you, Jeff, it's real simple. You you know exactly what's going to happen. I've uh, since that time after my doctor, he told me to read a few books. I read a couple of books after, you know, and a lot of things were similar. Like people said things like that. I said, like, I'll, I'll never forget that arrival part. I'm home. I'm finally home. And my spirit knew it was home. I, that's where I belong. And therefore, I'll never ex be afraid of death whatsoever. I mean, no one wants to go through any kind of pain associated with it. But the death part, no. Have you noticed since your NDE that you have any new abilities, potentially considered psychic abilities, that you didn't have prior? Well, my senses have come to a point that they're so acute, I could find a person out by usually touching their hand. If I get close enough and someone shakes my hand, and there's, there's also a couple of things like that about in, in the book itself. But um, I do... You get a high you get highly attuned to the other person's good and bad side, especially if you're close to them. Then it could be a complete stranger. And I can look in their eyes, and if they're a bad person, their eyes turn black to me. I don't care what color their eyes are. But if it's a bad individual, their eyes turn black. I'll never forget an experience I had about a year after that happened to me. Coming down an escalator at the Bonaventure in L.A., we were doing the gift show. And the guy tried to rob me. I, I knew he was going to try to rob me. On, he was on his way down the escalator. 
I was just standing there holding the rail, and he's be coming down pretty quick behind me. But I knew there was something wrong, and I had to do something quickly. As soon as he got behind me, I was much bigger than he was. He was very scrawny, and he looked like a, like he had a bad drug problem. And he got right behind me. As soon as he got behind me, I jumped on the next step. He went to pull his arm, his hand out of his jacket pocket. I grabbed his hand. There was a gun in it. And I grabbed his throat and put him over the escalator. And we stood like that. And I didn't know what I was going to do to him. But he was, I had control over him. I had control over the hand and the gun. And when we got to the bottom, the doors opened. Some couple came walking through in the garage. And I just threw him. And he got, thank God he got up and just ran because he saw the other people too. But I, I'll never forget that. And his eyes were black as coal because I was looking straight in them. What is the title of your book and where can people find it? Well, the title of the book is The Ninth Level of Enlightenment, The Wisdom of the Light. And they could find it on Amazon in book form, an ebook, and they could find it at Barnes and Noble. And they're going to have a book release sometime in November. They didn't give me the exact date. So it could be mid-November, the end of November. They said they were very busy with books, but they will have the book release. They are making up actually a website for me. There's a website for me on there right now on the publisher's site. I went into it at this point. It takes you from their picture of my book and the explanation like I have in the back of the book. It gives a little rough explanation on what the book's about under it. And then when it, when you click on it, it takes you right to Amazon. <laughs> so, but I'll be able to put a video on there and, uh, you know, things like that. After on there. So the I'm publisher's sorry. website. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you. Are you open to that? Of course. My, uh, my email is billtortorella at gmail.com. That's uh, Bill, B-I-L-L-T-O-R-T-O-R again, E-L-L-A at gmail.com. They could reach me on my email and they'll be able to reach me through the, the Christian Faith Publishing, through the publisher themselves. There's a... Um, there's a website on there, but I don't want to give the wrong link out yet because mm -hmm. I just got it. Right. And I tapped onto it and it, it brought me into the book, but I don't know if it's completed yet. But it does actually brings you right from the publishers to to Amazon. That gives a little more um, information about the book and, you know, the pricing of it and all that. Bill, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Yes. Well, positive for me is my way of life now. I think I just, uh, I did a post now yesterday on my Facebook. You know, we, we can live our lives in negativity and thoughts. You have to remember our universe in heaven is like, we are like magnets to that so whatever we give out we're going to get back 
So I explained in my, in my post, I said, if you wake up in the morning saying, I'm not going to get that job today, I'm in so much pain, you know, just one thing after another, negative, 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 you're going to find that you're going to have more negative. I wake up in the morning, I say, I'm blessed. I have favor in my life from God and on and on with some other things. But I do say the prayer of Jabaz is very important for people. It's a self prayer. It's a prayer for yourself. And the, people can look that prayer up. It's been very advertised. There's a, there's a whole book about it. And you probably heard of that yourself, the prayer of Jabaz. It's a blessing where you're blessing yourself. Oh, Lord, if you would bless me. I Basically, I turned it into my own prayer. So, oh, Lord, if you would bless me and bless me. And you ask for your blessings that you need. And you don't be afraid of that. Ask. And then, oh, Lord, if you would enlarge my territory. That means me giving the Lord's work out, helping others in service, giving the Lord's word to them, explaining then it's the third part is, oh, Lord, would you put your hand upon me and touch me with your love? And final is, Lord, keep me from evil. And that would be a blessing I recommend everybody say. Because since I started saying that, Jeff, things have been so positive in my life. It's been just one beautiful ride. Bill, thank you for that message. And thank you for being my guest. Oh, you are welcome. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. I had a very good time. Me too. Have a great rest of your day. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.